coverage and that. Continue our series. We've been talking about forward. Everybody say forward. forward. Uh, this is the third installment of our series, and I could not talk about a series entitled Forward without dealing with overcoming past hurts. We want to deal with that this morning because it's something that every one of us is going to have to overcome. Uh, one of the things that you understand about life, we spend so much time trying to avoid pain, trying to avoid hurt, trying to avoid difficult situations, and in particular, we're talking about emotions. We spend a lot of time trying to avoid it, but the reality of it is, is that at some point in time, all of us are going to be confronted with somebody hurting you. Uh, you're going to be confronted with pain. You're going to be confronted with something that is going to challenge you. And uh, here's the thing that I think that many of us want to understand, and we should understand, we shouldn't know this, but I think life sometimes haven't, has this way of kind of uh, causing us to, to fully understand and grasp what our Christianity and what our faith is all about. We need to look at our hurts and pain within the context of our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. Now, before I go any further, that is the probably the most important thing I would say as it relates to understanding pain and dealing with hurts is understanding that in the end of all of it, that God is sovereign and that God has equipped you to overcome. Look at your neighbor and say, you're an overcomer. God has equipped you to overcome. And knowing that, yes, in life, I'm going to experience some pain because it's par for the course, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. Is anybody can tell? Is anybody who would sit here and say, "Pastor, I've never been pained by anything"? And can anybody say, "Pastor, nobody has ever ever hurt me ever"? No, I didn't think we could we could say that, because the reality of it is, it's a part of life. But God has given us a remedy for how to deal with it, and I know sometimes we can get to a point where we can become cynical if people get hurt. And they can't seem to move past it. And when you, when you become cynical, you become indifferent. You don't really care much. And sometimes we dare even to love and try it again because we don't want to experience what we experienced before. Because the reality of the situation is that it was very, very difficult and painful. I get that. I'm not here this morning to minimize or try to say that what you, see, what you feel and what you had to dealt, deal with is minimal. It's not. It's, it's, it's huge. But what, I, what I've come to tell you this morning is that Jesus came to set you free. You can live a life, do you hear me, this morning where you will not be controlled by a spirit of unforgiveness and what somebody has done to you in the past. How many of you want to be free from that? Because God wants you to free. Jesus, he wants you to be free. He said he came that he might set the captive free. My concern this morning is with hurt and pain and wounds that remain long after the event occurs. How many you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the kind of hurt that disrupts your life to the extent that you can't function and be everything that God wants you to be. And sometimes, mistakenly, we call these scars. If I had an opportunity, I would show you that on, on my elbow, I got hurt as a kid. I split my elbow open. And, and if you look at that, if I were to show it to you, you would see that you, Pastor Bailey at some point, he was hurt pretty badly. And when you see it, though, you would also see that you know, it was a very, very long time ago. We're talking probably I was around, I don't know, 12 years old. And you would see a scar there. 
But you won't see an open wound, right? It's a scar. And what does a scar represent? And sometimes we say, man, I've been scarred. And, and we look at that as the same as an open wound, but it's not. A scar represents healing. You follow what I'm saying? See, a scar, the scar tissue is, is generally harder than the tissue that surrounds it. And so when there's a scar there, that's a good thing because that tells me, yes, I've been hit, but, I've been, but, but I'm healing. But how do you know that if I get wounded? And, 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 and that thing is, is left wide open, right? And, and, and how many know that it, it's subject to an infection? It'll get worse. If you don't deal with the spirit of unforgiveness, y'all better help me this morning. If you don't deal with the spirit of unforgiveness, that thing will become red, it will become infected, and it will stay open, and it can cause you all kinds of problems for the rest of your life. I'm going to show you this morning because you got to understand that, that Jesus loves you, amen? And he did not die for you to be in bondage to a spirit of unforgiveness. What happens is when we're in bondage to unforgiveness, you are the one who is in prison. In other words, the thing that, that, that you hate the most has come upon you if you don't watch it. And so God wants you to be free. Look at the day and say, be free. Be free. Now, looking at John chapter, and Luke chapter number four, which is, our, which is our foundational text. I want you to hear me this morning. Jesus says, I love this. He said, I mean, it's almost, I wish I could have been there. I mean, this is just so powerful. Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. In other words, he's been called. He's been set apart to preach the gospel to the poor. Watch this. And watch this, he has sent me to heal, everybody say heal, heal. the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, say liberty. liberty, to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty, everybody say liberty, liberty. those who are oppressed. So here's what I understand about the Spirit of God, and we can, we can, we can bank on this. Number one, Jesus does not want you walking around being a slave to unforgiveness, being a slave to your past. See, I got a dog. How many got dogs in here? I got a dog. I got a dog. I got a real good dog. And, uh, you know, my dog, I tell my dog what to do. I tell her when to bark. I tell her when to shut up. I tell her when she can eat. I tell her when she can't eat. I tell her when she can go to the bathroom. I tell her when she can't go to the bathroom. I control my dog. She is my little slave dog. She does what I say. When I say sit, she do what? She sit. When I say roll over, she, she says roll over. You know why? Because I'm master. And too many of God's people don't understand that when we give into a spirit of unforgiveness, unforgiveness becomes your master. You tracking with me? It controls you. It tells you when to eat. It tells you when to sit down. It tells you when to laugh. It tells you even when to cry. Because it becomes your master if you let it. Now, what Jesus said is very interesting. He said this. He said that the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach, to, to set us free. Everybody say free. He wants you to be free. Now, it's not to say that I'm, I'm not denying the reality of pain and hurt and the struggles we have with emotions, but if Jesus came to set me free, then why ain't I free? 
How come I'm not walking in the freedom that he has for me? Now, when we talk about free, we're talking about free to the extent where you can be healthy, where you can be whole. Watch this. Where you can freedom from hurts, the psychological wounds. You're free from the, 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 the pain of that broken heart, that emotional baggage that interferes with your ability to move on in life. How many know God wants you to move on? And so when something has been unlocked and it has been set free, how many know it's free? It's free. Amen. See, God wants us to be at a point. Listen, when you, as you think about your past, and some of us have had some difficult past. I've been one. I had a very difficult childhood in a lot of ways. But one of the things I understand is that, that, that when you get free, when you test true freedom, you don't want to go back to bondage. When you've been really been set free, I mean, you really taste it. And you realize, man, I feel, it feels good to be free. I don't care what it is that you're dealing with, whether it's lust, whether it's porn, whether it's hurt pain, whether it's a spirit of unforgiveness. It does not matter when you get set free. Come on, somebody. Man, it feels good. Amen. And when you get set free, you know when you're in bondage. And when, it, when you're talking about emotional pain, every one of us in here, you know what it feels like to be free. And you know by the spirit of God when you're not free. Because your emotions get jacked up. You, you have problems. You can't function the way that you're supposed to function. Every time you think of it, it, it it's like your life is put on pause. And, and, and the Holy Ghost keeps saying, hit the, hit the play button, but you keep pausing that thing. And, 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 and you remain in this kind of, and, and your life kind of comes to a place where it becomes stagnant. And I, but, but, but Jesus don't want me to live that way. He said, I came to set you free. I came to set you free. Look at Romans 8, 21. I'm sorry, 8, 1. Turn to Romans 8, chapter 1. Go there real quick. Y'all just had to roll with me this day. Romans 8, chapter 1. And then we're going to look at verses number 5 and 8 in that same chapter. When you get to Romans chapter 8, can you just like say Amen. Romans chapter 8, this therefore, this is therefore now, there, I'm sorry, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, watch this, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to what? The Spirit. See that? The people of God walk according to the what? The Spirit, the spirit and not the flesh. Now, what do your flesh want to do? It wants to control you. How many know that your flesh ain't never satisfied? Your flesh loves to remain in sin. Your flesh loves to get mad and stay mad at people. Your flesh feeds on that. That's why he said in his word that if you're children of God, the children of God are not led by the flesh, but they're led by the spirit. Now, here's the key. When I'm led by the spirit, I'm free. You see, who the son says free is free what? Indeed. So every time I'm not being, but every time I'm being led by my flesh, here's what's happening. I'm a slave to it. I'm not, watch this, I'm not really enjoying life the way God wanted me to enjoy it. That thing is controlling my life and I'm not free. But here's the thing. Look at verses 5, I believe. Look at the, the Romans chapter 8. Look at verse number uh, five, starting verse number five. He says, now for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. You know, the people that are consumed with the flesh, they're always ticked off. <laughs> Every time you turn around, they're mad about something. You know why? Because they're, they're consumed by their flesh. The, Paul said, ain't nothing good that welleth in me. How many know your flesh ain't redeemed? 
Your flesh is just as mad as it was before you came into the kingdom. Your flesh is just as dirty as it was before you came into the kingdom. You are being renewed in your spirit. What happens as a believer over time, you learn to oppress that thing. You learn to, you learn to be led by the spirit, but your flesh still up there saying, give me mine, give me mine, give me mine. Every day of your life, you're going to have to battle with your flesh. That's why he said that when you're led by the spirit, you're not a slave to the flesh. So how many know that when you are led by a spirit of unforgiveness, you're being controlled by the flesh? That's what I want you to see. You're being controlled by, and in some cases, manipulated by the flesh. Because the flesh always won its way. Your flesh is always, and, and you know what? And the devil is really good at this, isn't he? Because Jesus said, I came and set you free. When Jesus stood there, he said, Man, I, Jesus said, I'm anointed. I came to set you free. The people of God ought to be walking in freedom. That's my inheritance. I ain't going to give the devil that. Why would I give the devil that? That's mine. I, I won't have me know I, you want what's yours. Joy and peace belong to me. Freedom belong to me. I want it. I intend to have it. For he said now in verse 6, for to be carnally minded is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. There it is right there. How many of you want to live in peace? How many know when you're bitter and you, you're stuck in your past and you're angry and you're mad and you're unforgiveness, you're not walking in peace? Nah, 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 nah. You don't have no peace until you relinquish it all. Come on, somebody. You, how many know you need to give it all to God? So then those who are in the flesh, mm, mm, mm. now watch this, cannot. Is that what it says? Because maybe let me, tell, let me flip my glasses this way. So those who are in the flesh cannot. I'm still reading it. Let me do this. Those who are in the flesh, what? Cannot. I mean, every which way I flip my glasses, it says the same thing. So when I'm being led by my emotions, and your emotions are real. When I'm being led by my emotions, when I'm being led by my fleshly appetites, I cannot please God. God's not in that. Now, I'm going to take it a step further. Look at Luke chapter number, I'm sorry, look at Matthew chapter 6, if you will. Matthew 6, go there real quick. Y'all going to have to run with me fast and catch up. Write it down if you want to. Matthew chapter number 6, verses 9 through 15. Look at this. In this manner, Jesus was teaching the disciples how to pray. You know, it's one thing, you know, it's amazing. You know, whenever you ask God for something, you better be careful what you ask for. <laughs> because the disciples, they saw how Jesus did all the stuff that he was doing, the works and the miracles, and they saw how powerful his prayer life was, and, and they wanted to kind of tap into that. And, and Lord, you can tell, they like see something wonderful. How many know that, 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 that sometimes what you see, a lot of times you don't see what went behind what you see? And so people see stuff, and they say, Lord, teach us how to pray. You can see the excitement. Teach us how to pray. Jesus, we've been seeing all this stuff happening. We see how you talk to God. Things happen. Oh, oh we want that. He said, okay. You, you want that? Okay, here we go. Watch this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in what? Give us this day our daily bread. Watch this. Now, everything seemed to be going pretty good so far. I want my daily bread. Come on, somebody. Amen. 
Lord, I really want your will to be done. Amen. He's my father in heaven. I'll be daddy, all that. But then look what he said in verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Okay, why do you have to throw that in there? What does that Lord Jesus have to do with me wanting to be a better prayer warrior? <laughs> ah, how I many you know Jesus take relationships seriously? He says, now watch this. He said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. It's like Jesus like letting you know right up front. When you pray and talk to God about forgiving you for your stuff, you better make sure you're forgiving somebody else for their stuff too. You notice how he linked the two of them together? He did, it wasn't even like he gave you an option out of the thing. There's no opt-out here. There is no side road where you can get off and, and you can kind of fix it. No, 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 no. He said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not leave. You think he's done with it so far? You think he's done with it? Let's keep reading. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Yeah, we want to be delivered. So how many say Amen. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm stopping. I'm good. Right? But how many know he goes right back to it? Oh, I'm helping you this morning. I know I am. For if you forgive men their trespasses. Now, I know some of you probably saying, well, you're not, not, not this one. <laughs> you know, because all of us got unique situations. And God knows everything. He knew everything before he said this. He knew what you would be going through. He knew this day would be here. He knew your pain. He knew what you experienced at the childhood. God saw all of your God saw all of it. God saw all of it. He knows your life inside and out. God ain't surprised about one thing about your life. And he still said, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will forgive you. Now, we're not talking about the kind of salvation and forgiveness that results as you giving your life to Jesus. This talks about this kind of a, this daily cleansing where you're in fellowship with God. How many of you want to walk with God? See, the Bible said Enoch walked with God, and he was not for God. Whoop, took him. He was God. See, he walked with God. See, there's a blessing in walking with God. And when, how many know when I'm not forgiven, I'm not walking with God? If I hold on to that, you see, you see, see, we can't, see, see that kind of evil, you can't occupy two spaces. You know, God is holy. Right? Come on, somebody. We can't hold on to stuff. You got to let it go. Look at the name and say, let it go. Now, watch this. In fact, Bishop T.D. Jakes came out with a book, and he's standing. I don't know if y'all seen it. It's a little book, and he's holding a jacket. It's like he's dropping it and hitting the floor. Let it go. I said, man, that's an interesting picture. Watch this. He said, now, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. Now, watch this. But, everybody say but. but. If you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father what? Forgive you what? Okay, here's one of those moments. Let me try that again. But if your father do not forgive the men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you your trespasses. Okay, no matter how I flip that, I see it the same. I've seen people try to theologicalize, if that's such a word, I just made that up. Theologicalize this, this, this verse, this passage. Uh, I've, I've heard them say that passage wasn't really in the original Greek. 
Uh, That was kind of like thrown in there. Uh, uh, They didn't really mean that. And I've heard people try to exegete their way out of this. But the truth is the truth, baby. The truth will set you free. It says what it says. Read it. Now, it goes to show how important this is to the king. So that means that, so, well, watch this. So that means if I'm sitting around, I'm harboring unforgiveness, and I won't let go. I didn't say be stupid. I say just let go of the, of the prison of being in bondage to these kinds of emotions. Um, Jesus, Jesus is very, very clearly saying, he, he, he's, he's making a point that, that, that if you're not willing, if you're not willing to let this go, then when you talk to me and ask me to forgive you what, for what you just did to sister so-and-so, what you just did to brother so-and-so. When you come and ask God, God's going to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I ain't t- listening to you because you won't forgive. So why are you talking to me? Won't you go back and deal with your thing, then come back and talk to me? So now, watch this. We thought we were helping ourselves. We've actually made it worse. Because how many know that when you run the... <laughs> how many know that, 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 that God, we won't... We, 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 God is not going to let us out, out of this one. Here's the reason why. Your whole faith, the whole book of Christianity is about reconciliation. The whole book. And to whom much is given, much is what? Mm. The whole book is about forgiveness. If you really look at this book, it's about man acting like a crazy man acting wild, and God sending his son to forgive us. That's what the whole book is all about. So when Christians don't forgive, think about the amount of blame that they put on the gospel. Think about it. Think about how if if, if people can't get forgiveness in the church from the people of God, where do they get it from? Who's supposed to be the model of forgiveness? I'll give you you a hint. You You want to talk forgiveness, baby? Come to my church. We know we're forgiven. We are model citizens of forgiveness. This is who we are. God made us to be this way. We're wired this way. I know, I know, I know it's hard. I know all that. But you better put it up on the altar and let them kill you. Watch, keep going. I got my glasses back. Now look at this. I'll give you a couple steps. Watch this. A couple steps, and then we'll be done. This will help. Practical steps to overcoming past hurts. Because now we've convinced you, right, through the scripture, Amen. that we're supposed to forgive. Amen. I know that. Pastor, you tell me, I know that. I already know that. You don't keep telling me. I know I'm supposed to forgive. I know that. I know that. I know that. I know that. I know, that. I know what the word says. You know people say, I know the word. I already know that. I already know that. I, I, people are usually quick to say, I already know that, but they're not quick to say, I'm already doing that. I've learned that as a pastor over the years. I hear a lot of people tell me how much they know, but I look at their life they ain't doing. So what difference does it, you need to keep hearing it until you start what? Until you start doing it, you don't know nothing. Is that fair? If you ain't doing the word, he said be a hearer of the word and not a, be, be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, doing what? Deceiving yourself. You're like, I wish I had one of them little, little wheels. You know, you ain't going nowhere. I know what I'm talking about. The little cartoon things, Roadrunner, he's back in there. I'm sorry. 
So, all right, so we're going to give you some practical steps. You're going to get free? Now, I want you to, th- th- no, no, don't be, now, I want you to let your guard down. No, I'm going to put it, let me change that. The Holy Spirit wants you to let your guard down. I'm confident to say that this morning. Because I know, I'm suppo- I know what I'm supposed to do, but Pastor, can you please lead me there? Can you, I'm going to lead you there this morning. But you know, I can't take your head and force you to drink that water. As powerful as God is, how many believe he's powerful? He will not force you to forgive. He ain't going to do it. He's not going to force you to let go of your past and let go of your pain. He he ain't going to force you. He's going to tell you. He'll send send folks to you. He'll send Brother Larry to you. He'll send Sister Shannon to you. He'll he'll, he'll send Yolanda. He'll, He'll send people to you. You better do it. But at the end of the day, forgiveness is a choice that you have to make first and foremost in your mind. We can give you some practical applications to help you with that. Number one, this is going to be quick. Keep your heart pure. <laughs> Pastor, what does pure heart have to do with forgiveness? Everything. <laughs> Everything. The Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You see, when I'm walking in the spirit of unforgiveness, when I'm not letting go of my past and I'm holding on to pain in, in, in this kind of a way that it controls my life, then my heart is not pure. You see, when I listen to people, and every now and then, how many know everybody got people in life, you can always find somebody to agree with you on something, amen? If you got a disposition on something, it's very easy to find somebody who will agree with you and help pump, pump, pump you up in that thing. Whatever that thing might be, you can find somebody, and it's the thing in the world is, I'm going to go talk to brother so-and-so, because, you know, he understands me. No, he's just going to encourage you to keep sinning. He's going to encourage you to keep on staying right where you are. How do you know? If I want to be free, I need to go to somebody who got some power. I didn't say power, I said power. Power. I need to go to somebody who has power to set me free. So watch this. I want my heart to stay pure. You know why? Because I want to see God. When I'm praying and I'm talking to God, I don't want this stuff in my heart. I want to see, see, a pure heart don't mean that you're perfect. It just means that you're a person, you're not being controlled by your lust. You're not being controlled by the flesh. You, you're being controlled by the spirit. There's, there's integrity. There's decency about you. There's a pureness of your heart. And the Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. How many of you want to see him? You got to keep your heart pure. Number two, watch this. Ask God to heal you. Now, you pastor, that's kind, of, that's kind of like first grade stuff. Really? You will be amazed how many people want to stay where they are. There are some people who feel like, I'm justified to be mad. What my mom and my dad did to me, I'm going to hold on to it. What they did to me as a kid, I will never, ever, ever forgive them. Never. Some of you right now, if you're honest, you got something in your path. You thinking, man, I've already decided. I ain't going to do it. So you ain't going to ask God to do nothing but as it relates to that. We'll ask God for anything else. God, give me a house. Give me a car. Heal my body. But don't let me give my unforgiveness. Let me have that. Okay? So you got to ask God. Everybody say ask. Say, God, heal me. And if you ask God, and so what you're doing is you're inviting the Holy Spirit to help you in that area. Watch this. Number three, you got to allow the Lord to heal you. The Bible says he heals the brokenhearted. And watch this. He binds up 
their wombs. He says, God says, see, when you allow the Lord to heal you, God will heal you and he'll fix you up. He'll put you on the operating table and he'll patch you up your stitch. He'll hook you up real nice. He heals the brokenhearted. You got to allow. To allow is to flow with the Holy Spirit. How many know that there are times if you're walking with God just a little bit, God will prompt you how to deal with certain situations and you know it, even even if you don't want to do it. I got somebody say amen. Sister Shanta, amen. I'm sorry, I didn't want to put you. But you, you know what I'm saying? A lot of times we know. So if I'm going to cooperate with the Spirit, I got to say, okay, whatever the Spirit of God wants me to do, I'll do it. Spirit of God tell me to go bless him, I'm going to go bless him. Spirit of God tell me to go do a good deed, I'm just going to go do a good deed. Spirit of God say, why don't you go up there and give him a hug? See, you got to just flow with the Spirit. And we come in here every Sunday. We say, Holy Spirit, have your way. We said it all. Have your way. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. Please. You want God to have his way? Do you really want God to have his way? I mean, <laughs> you know, this is like, the, this is like the, the, the disciples say, Lord, when I get into heaven, let me be up on your right hand and on your left. Jesus says, <laughs> you don't even know what you're talking about. You remember Peter? Oh, Lord, I won't deny you. Not me. They will not me. First time Peter got an impression. I don't know. Don't know. How I many know you got to cooperate with the Spirit? You got to cooperate with Him. If you're asking, you want God to heal you, you got to allow the Holy Spirit to have His way. I mean, you got to say, Lord, have your way. And whatever you got to do in me to do it, do it. And sometimes you go limping. Sometimes you go crying. Sometimes you have a big gaping wound right on your head and everybody will see it. But I know as well with the righteous. And I don't intend to be in bondage to nobody. When I say nobody, nobody. You ain't all that important to me. You're not that important to me to have me in bondage because of something you did to me, and now you think I'm going to live the rest of my life mad, upset. I can't even think straight every time I hear your name. I start having convulsions and puking. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. You just got to get like that. He ain't all that important. I don't mean no harm. I ain't trying to be arrogant. I'm just telling you. I'm, no, I, I got, I'm going to enjoy this. I ain't got but about 50, 60, 70 years on this planet. That's about uh, how, many, how many years you live, you know. That's a small drop in the bucket that compared to eternity. So I ain't going to spend half of my life mad at you. Oh, the devil is alive. See, that's why the Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, you're trying to wait to give joy to your situation get perfect. Get out of here. Get joy now. <laughs> Take it now. Amen. Why are you wait? What you waiting for? I'm just waiting for my change to come. Your change is already come. I'm sorry, I got undignified for a minute, so I'm sorry. Not that I'm dignified, but <laughs> never claimed I was dignified at all. I had to resist the urge. I mean, and so you, you, got to, you got to allow the Lord to do this. Pray for your offenders, number four. You only got seven of these. We only have seven. Pray for your offender. Jesus said, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully 
you know, spitefully means that they did it on purpose. It's like they, plot, they plotted how they were going to use you. They plotted it. They said, I'm going to use you, brother. Spitefully means that they took some time to, they took some time to come after you, to manipulate you, to use you. You would think Jesus said, have nothing to do with them crazy people. Pray an imprecatory prayer. Y'all know what an imprecatory prayer is? You read the book of Psalms, David used to pray them imprecatory prayers. And the Christian, Christians will read, and those imprecatory prayers has to deal with just, just basically, all, I'll just say it, just kind of cursing your enemies and asking God to just, just tear them to pieces, shred them up. The problem is it's just not consistent with the ministry of Christ. I never pray for God to shred people up. When I'm usually hurt and offended, I'll just let you in. When I'm hurt and offended about something, I usually first pray for myself. That's the order. I, I deal with myself. And then I ask God to do whatever he needs to do to bring that person to a place of health. Because if you hurt me and you spitefully hurt me, then that goes to show that you've got some serious problems that need to be dealt with. There's some issues that you need to lay on the altar and God needs to, to deal with. So I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray and believe God that he's going to help you. Number, number, six, number five, we're going to have seven. Number five, resist the urge to get even. How many of you ever felt like vengeance is mine? You know that scripture says, <laughs> the Bible says in Romans 12, uh, 19, beloved, do not avenge yourselves. You ever think about all the movies that we like on TV and all the movies in the theaters? All of them, since the, the real good ones to get the high ratings are the ones that they get revenge. I even know there's something about the soul of man that loves revenge. We love to get people back. Be honest. We love to strike them back. You hit them, hit them back. I used to struggle with that as a Christian, man. I, maybe I was like, man, somebody hit my look. Because, you know, I, my son, I used to struggle with this. I'll be honest. My, you go touch my boy. You know, everything in me wants to say, son, you hit you, go back and wear it. But I used to always have to catch myself. Don't do that. Just run and tell somebody or just defend yourself. Do what you got to do to defend yourself. But you know, the, the, that, that flesh part of me say, boy, if he hit you, <laughs> hit him back. That's what my dad did to me. I had my best friend, Mr. Gay, my best friend. We, we used to get into it one time. He and I got into it, and he did something to me. I went back. We were little kids. You know what I'm talking about, my best friend. And uh, my dad, I came with back. <laughs> my dad was like, what's wrong with you, boy? He hit me. He said, go back out there and hit him back. And he won't let me in the house. <laughs> Stood in the door, won't let me go. Go back out there and hit him back. He wouldn't come in. I was trying to get him. He said, no, go back. I pushed me right back outside. Go back and get him back. And all we do is we get older and we get more sophisticated. We're more diabolical now in our getting even. We're more manipulative in our way. We can get even in some, some unique ways. The only problem is you can't outfox the king. God sees everything, knows everything. He... You ain't fooling nobody but yourself. Somebody say, ouch. So you got to resist the urge to get even. That's a good one. Number six, give it to God. Simple. But you got to see. The Bible says in Psalm 20, 55, 22, cast your burdens on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. All right? So here's, here's the thing. I need to see myself 
I need to see myself giving it to God. See, if this, is, if this podium is God, I need to come with my, my, my pain, my unforgiveness, my hurts, my anger, my bitterness, my frustration. All that stuff is real. I get it. I get it. It's real. I need to take it. I need to see myself saying, okay, God, here it is. And for some of us, it's heavy. Some of us got a big bag of it. But you take it to God. And you see yourself giving it to them. Some of you may need to go to some graveyards and do that. Because maybe the person who offended you is dead. But you never forgave them. And, and you blame them for everything wrong that ever happened in your life. You go. You see yourself giving it to God. Watch this. You give it to them. And then you turn around. And you wave goodbye to it. I'm done with it, God. I'm giving it to you. And the devils, you know, the Bible says there's joy in heaven over one sinner that repents. There's joy in hell every time you run back and you try to snatch it away from God. Because that's what we do. And the devil's like, yes, they're rejoicing, too. Because they know that you're going to stay in bondage and you'll never be free. And the scripture that Jesus said that belongs to you, I came to set you free. You don't enjoy that. You don't know what that is because you've been you're in prison and your rap sheet has gotten big. Because you keep doing, you keep going back. Y'all know what a rap sheet is? Criminal record? Our rap sheet? Sometimes our, our rap sheet just keep growing because we keep going back. We keep getting arrested. We keep getting in trouble. We keep going back to that same old stuff, going back, going back, getting free, going back, getting free. I can't tell you how many people I've, I've locked up with my years in police work. And they said, Mr. Bailey, I ain't going to ever do that no more. Mm -mm, I'm done. <laughs> Done. Never going back. A couple months later. Hey, what you doing here? Man, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Man, I thought you said, yeah. Yeah, I know. But here's what I ask him. Here's what I say to him. I say a lot of times. I say, I have one guy says to me, he says, Mr. Bailey, I'm going, I'm going to change my life. This time it's going to be different. This time ain't going to be the same. I said, okay, got it. Now, I've been around long enough to know so I, how this works. So I said, I said, okay, then explain this to me. When you get out, and he had been in prison for some 10, 15 years, he was getting out. And I said, well, when you get out, what kind of plan do you have? Where are you going to live? Where are you going to stay? Where are you going to work at? Oh, no. I said, well, how are you going to get free? How are you going to change? You got no plan. How are you going to get better? How you, I mean, I mean, know that if you're dealing, if you're wrestling with unforgiveness, you need to develop some kind of way by which you're going to deal with that. You just can't leave it out there. Like, how are you going to get over this? I'm just waiting for God. No, God waiting for you. He already told you what to do. What you waiting for God to do? Mm -mm. It's already there. God has done everything he's going to do. The buck is now with you. Now, when you surrender to God, then you experience what he wants you to have. Peace, joy, happiness. That's when it comes. Number seven. I know it seems elementary, but I say it. But you need to believe for your day of release and give God praise. What do I mean by that? You need to offer God thanks. Say, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that I was hurt. This thing has been a problem. But I thank you, Lord. Even though you don't feel like you've been completely released, let's go ahead and give God praise and thank him for it. So thank you, Lord. Say, so, Lord, so, Lord, I just thank you, Lord God, because we thank him for everything else. How many, how many you know what I'm talking about? We thank him for other stuff. 
God needs to say, Lord, I thank you, Lord. I'm coming for you, Lord. I thank you that I've been, Lord, I am free from bad emotion, unforgiveness. God, I'm not bitter in Jesus' name. Lord, I celebrate my victory. God, I thank you that I'm free. God, I thank you that I'm whole in my relationship. I thank you that my spirit is clean. My heart is pure. God, I thank you. And you begin to walk in that. You follow what I'm saying? And when you begin to walk in that thing, then you know what's going to happen eventually? Everything else is going to fall right in place because you're proclaiming, you're declaring what God has already for you. And how many know God will back his word? Amen. He's not a man that he should lie. He is going to back his word. But the question is, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Who is it in your life that's been holding you back and you can't move forward because you're stuck? And every time you think you're moving forward, you keep coming back. Can you think it's nothing more frustrating to think that you're making the headway and you're being yanked back and you realize that you're in the same spot that you were emotionally? God wants you to be free. He wants us to be free. Because when I'm free, I can be a conduit to somebody else's freedom. I can't. Your hurt and your pains can be a conduit to set some other folks free. You'll find plenty of people out there anywhere. You'll just walk two minutes out that door. It won't be a minute, but you'll find people out there that's mad as all get up. They're mad. There are a lot of people out there hurting. Because, I mean, the world is full of sin, and sin hurts. I mean, we already know that, right? Sin hurts. Relation, bad relation, it all hurts. We know that. So what are we going to do about it? Jesus already, he ain't, gonna, ain't, gonna new, ain't no new Bible coming. I don't care what the false prophet told you. <laughs> this is it. He's already told you how to deal with it. Let's deal with it. Let's say, Lord, let's just say, Lord, I'm walking into this. I'm done. I'm not going to hold on anymore. I'm moving on with my life. My, in my emotions, you're going to deal with the problem. It's real. I get it. You got to deal with that. But in my emotions, I'm going to be free. I was talking with a guy one time, and I'm closing. I'm really closing. And that was my first one. I used to do three. I'm closing. This guy says to me one time, he was, uh, gave his life to Christ. And I was doing jail ministry for a number of years. Guy says to me, he says, I'm, he says, he says to me, and, and he had like another five years. I think he had like another two, three years or something like that to serve. You know what this guy said? He said, I am already, he said, I'm already free. I said, what do you mean? And he had just gave his life to Jesus. Understands it. He gave his life to Jesus. I'm looking at him. He can't go nowhere. But he says to me, I've never been more free than where I am right now. I said, why is that? He said, I'm free in my spirit. I'm free. So, you know, that's why sometimes, you know, people who have the, who get, give their life, truly give their life to Christ, and they, let's say they're confronted with the death penalty or something like that, you know, whatever the case might be. A lot, they, they, a lot of times they say, in my spirit, I'm free. I'm free as a bird. I see myself flying around. My flesh is my flesh. But inside, I'm free. Where it really counts is inside. Real freedom is inside. It's not outside. It's inside. That's real freedom. The other stuff is just what you want people to see. Real freedom is freedom inside your soul. That's what the devil don't tell you. But that's what God offers you. Amen. Every head is by every eyes closed. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we praise you. Father, I thank you this morning, God, that you forgave us of all the stuff that we did, all the stuff that we've done. 
Uh -huh. God, we confess we have really pushed, we pushed the envelope a lot of times. But God, we thank you this morning that your love never fails. We thank you this morning, Lord, that we can always, always depend on you to forgive us every time we run. Every time we come to you, Lord, you don't hold a grudge. You're not standing there saying, no, I don't want to talk. Lord, every time you're willing to forgive every one of our offenses. And God, some of us, we have struggled. If we're honest, God, we struggle with this. Every human soul that has been shaped in iniquity struggle with this issue. But God, you've given us the keys. You've given us the keys to freedom, Lord. And God, we are saying this morning that we want true freedom. The door is already unlocked. Lord, we just need to push it open and walk in it. God, will you please give all of us the courage to forgive? Give us the courage to love again. Give us the courage, Father God, to stand on your word even in moments and times when it does not make sense to my human mind. Bring me back a lot of times, Lord, it doesn't make sense. A lot of times. doesn't make sense. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I, I just, I just as, a, as a way of acknowledging to God that you're going to walk in your freedom. And this is what you intend to do. If you want prayer this morning. Right there in your seat, just slip your hand up. I'm going to pray for you. If you're struggling with this issue, if you're struggling with this issue, only if you're struggling with this issue. I see that one hand. Another? I see that hand. Let's do this. Join me in prayer. Father, I thank you for my healing. Forgive me, Lord, for times when I've held on to unforgiveness like a trophy. I promoted it. I told all my friends, look at my trophy of unforgiveness. Father, forgive me. I'm moving ahead. Cleanse my heart. Restore my soul. Set me free. I receive it this morning. I'm walking in your truth. In Jesus' name. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, this is the most important part of it. This is why we do what we do. If you don't know him as you say, you say, Pastor, I do not know him. I'm not sure that I would go to spend eternity with him if I died today. You want to know him. He's been pricking your heart. You know he's been pricking your heart. He's been dealing with you right there in that chair. The Bible says today if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Don't resist the Holy Ghost. He's your friend. He's there to love on you. He's there to lift you up. He's there to give you the best life. That's you this morning. You say, Pastor Gary, I want to give my life to Jesus. I've been running. I've been playing games. I've been playing church, but I haven't been real. But today, I want to give it all to Jesus. If that's you this morning, slip your hand up. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. You can receive him today. Is there one who would say that they want to give their life to Christ? trust that each and every one of you have given your life to Jesus. As we 
the Holy Spirit has spoke to all of us. You got one or two things you can do with what you heard this morning. You can take this message and you can file it on the shelf for just another message. Or you can take it, dissect it, and make it flesh in your life. I pray that you would do the latter. I pray that you would do the latter this morning. And allow the Holy Ghost to heal you. Let's stand to your feet, please. Come on, give God a praise if you've received that this morning. I want you to enjoy your life. And I want you to walk in your victory. Amen. Do me a favor. No, no. Let me rephrase that. Do yourself a favor and move forward. Do yourself a favor and say, I'm not going back. Get free and listen to this. Stay free. Don't keep getting locked down because of, you can't, I mean, no, you can't control people. You never can control people. Do you, you know who you can control? You. Control you. Amen. Let's lift our hands to the heavens as we close. Father, we thank you so much. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we're moving forward today. Thank you, Lord God, for the progress that your people are making. God, there's a lot of work that we all have to do, but we thank you, Lord God, that you're the author and the finisher of our faith. So we rest in that reality. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling, who is able to present us faultless before his throne of grace with great joy. To him be glory, dominion, power now and forevermore. Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory. And yes, Lord, we receive our freedom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, clap there your hands. The Amen. God bless you next week. The world is waiting to be released. There is a sound in the hearts of God's people that the world is waiting for.